0: Won't that be wonderful? Lord Jesus, feel free to interrupt me and come on. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be in John chapter 11. John chapter 11 and verse 38. When God came to Moses, he told Moses, I want you to go down and speak to Pharaoh on behalf of my people and tell him, let my people go. And and Moses said, Lord, I, I've got a speech impediment. I I can't really talk that well. And uh, Lord, I, I'm not sure that I'm the man for the job. I, I'm weak. I don't, I don't think I can do it. Please send someone else. Have you ever felt that way? So God tells him, he says, look, Moses, I, I am the one who made the human mouth. I can help you out with this. Uh, he sent Aaron along with him to help him feel better. And Moses reluctantly agreed and went to Egypt in belief in God. And God did some amazing things through Moses' life. He, Moses was blessed. The people of God who came out of Egypt were blessed. All because Moses trusted the Word of God. And you and I are called to trust God's Word, to trust Him as He speaks and leads in our lives, and we are to walk by faith. Matter of fact, God said, whatsoever is not of faith is sin, so we are called to the life of faith as God's people. Well, this scripture, Jesus takes a unique situation, uh, and He's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But he doesn't just go right in and do it. He actually speaks to Martha. He speaks to Mary. uh, And he interacts with these folks. He prays out loud in front of them so that they can understand what God has been doing and how God has communicated to his heart and the purpose of God's heart. And so uh, when Lazarus is raised, it becomes an object lesson. For the people in how to live the life of faith. See, Jesus could have just spoken the moment that those messengers came to him. But he delayed not just for Lazarus' sake, but also for Mary and Martha and for those who were gathered there. So that they could observe and learn how to walk by faith. They were going to need those skills. Before too long, Jesus was going to ascend. And send the Spirit at Pentecost. And they were called to go and make disciples of all nations. How would they do that? Through the supernatural power of God. And so they had to learn to walk by faith. We're called to walk by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the title of my message is Learning the Life of Faith. And look with me at verse 38. Then Jesus... Deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there's already a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe you sent me. After, this, after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips, and with his face wrapped in a cloth, Jesus said, unwrap him and let him go. Learning the life of faith. How do we learn the life of faith? Well, first of all, you listen to Him. (laughs) You listen to Him. Uh, You know, that may sound easy, but sometimes it's more difficult than we think. Uh, You know, I always thought it was interesting in my house, whenever I said, who wants to take out the trash? Nobody would ever volunteer for that one. It's like they didn't hear me. But when I said, let's order pizza, everybody heard. And they was all like, yeah, let's do it. Um, And and it all was the, the choice to listen, right? We are called to listen to Jesus. What does Jesus tell them? Well, if you look in verse 39, he says, remove the stone. Remove the stone. Didn't make a whole lot of sense, but this was the command of Jesus. Apparently nobody moved have you ever been in one of those situations there's kind of an awkward silence you know uh, and nobody's responding and finally Martha says Lord he's been in there four days he stinks she's mispractical, Martha you know and uh, and Jesus Jesus said what well, didn't I tell you if you if you believed you see the glory of God and so uh, but they, they were reluctant to listen to God. I, sometimes in my life, have been reluctant to listen to God. And uh, I've, God has had to deal with me sometimes and, and just uh, uh, said, well, you know, are you going to trust me or not? You know, uh, and, 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 and so we, we've got to make the decision to listen to God. You remember Joshua in the Old Testament? God told Joshua, you are going against a powerful city. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to march around with all the people around the walls of Jericho once a day for seven days. On the seventh day, I want you to march around seven times. And then blow the trumpets and shout, and the Lord will give you the city. Didn't make a whole lot of sense, did it? Matter of fact, if you're a military strategist, you're probably thinking, I've never read that in any military book I've ever read. But that's what God told Joshua to do, and Joshua obeyed. And the scripture tells us that, and by the way, the archaeologists found the walls that had fallen down uh, in the archaeological dig of the city of Jericho. Just, a, just an extra, extra, no extra charge for that. Joshua obeyed God. He walked around once a day for seven days. On the seventh day, they walked around seven times. I wonder if the people of Jericho thought, these people have absolutely lost their minds. They blew the trumpet, they shouted. And God's supernatural power was released and the walls of Jericho came down. And the people went in and they had a great victory because they listened to God. You see, the life of faith requires that we listen to God. What might God say to you? Well, we have instruction in God's Word, don't we? Sometimes the life of faith just begins in us simply believing what God says. Sometimes God's Word and what God has said in His Word has become unpopular. People say, well, you know, we're we're beyond that. We've moved beyond that. That's old-fashioned thinking. We're moved beyond that. Listen, you don't move beyond the truth of God's Word. What He said was true yesterday. It's true today. It'll be true tomorrow. It is the anchor of life. And if you will build your life upon it, you will be wise indeed. Listen, I'm going to tell you, whatever people are saying about morality in our culture, the Bible says marriage should be between one man and one woman for a lifetime. That's God's prescription. The Bible says all sex outside of marriage is sin. Well, somebody's, they're putting them in jail for Canada for saying that. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. God's Word is still true even if it's unpopular. But if you will follow it, If you'll follow God's word, God will honor you. He that honors me, him will I honor. So they reluctantly listened to Jesus and they moved the stone. So learning the life of faith, how do you learn it? Well, you listen to him. Secondly, to learn to live the life of faith, you not only listen to him, but you forget your excuses. You forget your excuses. If you look in verse 40, uh, well, first of all, look at verse uh, look at verse 39. It says, Lord, Martha's speaking, Lord, there's already a stench. He's been there four days. She's questioning the process, right? She says, I'm not sure this is a good idea. If we open that, we're gonna we're gonna smell him. You know, sometimes we have excuses with God. We think we know better than, than God does, right? Have you ever had a conversation with God like that? He <laughs> just said, "Lord, are you sure about this? I, I really think this might not be the best idea." I remember um, <clears throat> I had a, a friend when I was in the military, and uh, we were in the in tech school, and uh, I noticed he was using a lot of profanity. Which not very uncommon in the military, but for some reason, I'd, I noticed I noticed him doing that. And we'd been probably three or four weeks through our tech school, and and I began to feel the Holy Spirit nudge me. You need to ask him because he would say after he would, he'd say I can't. I'm sorry I can't. He'd look at me because he knew I was a Christian. He say, "I'm sorry I can't help it." After after he cussed. I felt the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to ask him, can he really not help it? And so I started arguing with God. I said, Lord, that's not a good idea. If I do that, uh, he's going to be upset with me. He's going to be angry with me. Um, God, if I do that, it's going to be awkward. I, I, I don't want to sit in a class with somebody who's mad at me. You know, I, I'm having this, all this, this conversation with God. Over about three days... And God just keeps telling me, you need to ask him this question. You need to ask him this questions." So finally, uh, I said, okay, God, okay, I'll do it. And we, we had just gotten on break, and he cussed. He said, ah, oh, I can't help it. And I looked at him. I said, uh, can you? And the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. So I said in as soft a voice as I could, I said, can you really not help it? And he he looked struck. And he grabbed my arm and he pulled me into a side room and he began to weep. And we talked about Jesus for the rest of that break. God knew exactly where he was. God knew exactly what he needed. He was just waiting on me to listen. (laughs) And to do away with all my excuses. And to trust him. You can do that with your kids, by the way. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can bring them to God in prayer. You can ask God for how you need to adjust and what you need to do. Uh, and follow God. I've told you before, God told me to close my mouth, right, <laughs> with, my, with my son. <laughs> and I listened and it worked. Imagine that. You could do that at work. You could do that in your witness to people who are lost. As God moves upon your heart, as God speaks through his word, respond. Do away with all your excuses. Forget them. Put them aside and trust in the power of God. What does God say? He said, he said, your thoughts are not like my thoughts and your ways are not like my ways. But my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So that means a lot of times when God tells us something, it's not going to make a lot of sense to us. But if we'll just trust God and we'll do away with our excuses, he'll work and he'll move. And so I'm glad they forgot their excuses and went ahead and listened to Jesus. So learning the life of faith, how do you learn it? First of all, you listen to him. Secondly, you forget your excuses. Third, you remember his promises. You remember his promises. Look at what Jesus said. And by the way, Jesus is reminding her of this. Aren't you grateful that God reminds us of his promises? Have you ever had God do that for you? You're sitting there, maybe you're worried or you're distressed, and God brings a promise to mind. It's like he's saying, trust me. i got this. I've spoken into your life. Believe me. Trust me. Look at verse 40. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? How did he tell her? Well, he did through the messengers, first of all, because she had sent the messengers to Jesus to tell them about Lazarus' sickness. And Jesus told the messengers, this is not going to end in death, but is for the glory of God. So the messengers go back and they tell her that, you know, they're not sure exactly what that means. But um, then Jesus, when he comes, he speaks to Mar- uh, Martha, and he says, Your brother will rise. Well, I know we're right at the resurrection. And, and Jesus said, No, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And the one who lives and b- believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said, yes. Did I tell you, if you believed, you would see the glory of God. What is he doing? He's reminding her of what he said. The Holy Spirit does that. He reminds us of what God has said. Sometimes he'll use a Christian brother or sister or a song on the radio or a message that you hear at church or in your Sunday school class, and he will remind you of the promise of God. By the way, that's one reason you need to be in this book. You need to know what the promises are. You can base your life upon the promises of God because He never fails to keep His promises. Remember those promises. What are some of those promises? How about this? Him that honors me, Him will I honor. I mentioned that just a minute ago, right? Isn't that a great promise? If you honor God, if you lift him up and you put him first in your life, he will honor you. How about this one? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's a great one. How about this? If any man need wisdom, let him ask you, God, who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given to him. How about this? Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. And prove me now herewith, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Promise of God. You see, we don't live by feelings. We live by promises as Christians. Abraham believed God. God credited it to him as righteousness. As we trust God, as we Follow God and we cling to the promises of God. God will answer. And sometimes there's a delay. Sometimes God doesn't answer and and fulfill what he has promised right away. Uh, Abraham was told, you'll be the father of a great nation. That was all great and good, but ten years passed by and Abraham's already old. There's no child. God, how are you going to give me anything if I don't even have a child? And God makes him another promise, and and He's calling Abraham to trust the promise, and Abraham believes. And of course, um, Abram's name means exalted father. You know God's got a sense of humor. Uh, he, you know they don't have any kids. How many kids you got, exalted father? Uh, zero. Uh, finally, He gives him Isaac, and. Uh, and, and he changes his name to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. How many kids you got? One. <laughs> uh, but you see, God had given him a promise. And he's clinging to this promise. And today, not only have the people of Israel multiplied, but all of those who place their faith in Jesus are the spiritual seed of Abraham. And they are as many as the stars of the heaven and the sands of the sea. <laughs> God keeps His promises. I want you to know that you can cling to the promises of God. So when you're learning the life of faith, remember His promises. Listen to Him. Forget your excuses. Remember His promises. Next, act in faith. Verse 41, so they removed the stone. You've got to take action in obedience to what God has said. Okay? By the way, this is a great illustration of how Paul and James are saying the same thing. What does Paul say? He says, believe. Salvation is not by works. You believe God. God credits it to you for righteousness. He, he quotes that scripture I just mentioned about Abraham. Uh, it is by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then James says, well, you, you show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works what are they saying? Two sides of the same coin. Paul's saying, look, nothing you do can get you into heaven. You trust God. James is saying, yes, that's true. But if you trust God, there's going to be some fruit of that in your life. You're going to take action, right? Saying the same thing that is being said right here. Uh, They needed to take action. Yes, first faith comes in the heart. And if you're like the thief on the cross, you didn't have an opportunity to do anything, right? Uh, He he died, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. But had he remained on this earth, I can guarantee you he would have acted in obedience to Christ. Why? Because obedience is the fruit of faith. Okay, Obedience is the expression of the faith that's in our hearts. So we've got to act in faith. And and whatever you see, if you read Hebrews 11, which, by the way, I'll make a a shameless plug for tonight. We're going through, well, actually, we're not doing it tonight. We've got drawing near service tonight. Next week we'll resume. We're going through uh, Hebrews 11. But one of the things you'll notice if you go through Hebrews 11 is that when God calls them to do something, how do they respond in faith? They do something. Noah built a boat. Abel offered a sacrifice. Abraham uh, left his homeland to go to a land that God would show him. Uh, it, it's action action is what brings faith into practical everyday life okay So you got to act in faith. you what do you do? You do what God tells you okay Faith is not some kind of a, a blind thing that you just well I'm going to name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and and all of that faith is not about deciding what you want and and trying to get god somehow to say the right words or to to give the right formula to make god do what you want him to do it's not faith that's presumption faith is finding out what god wants to do and believing him for it and taking action to cooperate with his purpose in this life okay so um, but you got to act in faith okay so, when God tells you what to do, you take action in obedience to Him. And can I tell you something? God loves that. And He'll reward you for it as you trust Him. So, they removed the stone. So, learning the life of faith, how? You, learned, you, you listen to Him. You forget your excuses. You remember His promises. You act in faith. And you pray out loud. Verse 41 and 42, Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe that you sent me. So Jesus is saying, Lord, I am praying out loud, even though I know you and I have already talked about this, I know what you you want me to do and I know what I'm going to do but I'm praying out loud so that they can hear and recognize that you have given me your command that I'm responding in faith and they can make the connection and believe that you sent me one of the most powerful things you can do to help other people join you in faith because guess what God didn't just want you to trust him he wants all God's people to trust him <laughs> It's to pray out loud. You say, "Well, I thought the Bible said you're supposed to go in your closet. That it, you know, if you're praying for where other people can hear you, that's a sin." The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that if you pray to be seen by men, that's a sin. Now, if you can't pray in public without wanting to be seen by men, well, then keep quiet and pray in your closet. Okay. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Praying for things that God desires to do in the presence of other people is powerful. It not only is a blessing to you when God answers, but they hear you pray. And they say, hey, that's exactly what you prayed for. Guess what? God did it. He was faithful. And guess what happens? Faith arises in their hearts. You ought to pray together as a family out loud about things you're facing, problems you're facing, things the kids are facing at school, things you're face, facing at your workplace, and then let your kids observe the power of God released in your life and answer to prayer and watch their faith grow. And, rise. and, and if God has given you something to do, Thank God that he's given you something to do and pray for God's blessing in it and pray for the specific things you need to accomplish that work. And as God provides, they will see. Listen, we've gotten to rejoice together as we've seen God answer prayers in this church. But, you know, God does amazing things as we pray together. And Jesus sets a great example here. Did you know they prayed in public many times in the Old Testament? They cried out to God in different times of their nation's history. Uh, they also prayed together in the New Testament. You remember Peter and John? They were, they were beaten, they were put in prison, and they were brought before the Sanhedrin and told, you better not preach in his name anymore. And they said, we can't help but do what we have heard from God. We, we can't help but speak of these things we have seen and heard. And, and they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And then they went back to the church, and they began to pray for boldness. They said, Lord, help us to speak your truth with boldness. And the Bible says the place where they were meeting was shaken. The power of God came down. They spoke the word of God with boldness. And many people were added to the church. What do you think the kids that heard those prayers thought as they saw those people coming to Christ? What do you think the new Christians thought when they saw these prayers being answered in such a powerful fashion. Listen, I want to tell you what happened. The faith arose in their hearts. And they said, wow, what a mighty God we serve. And they began to pray themselves. You see, that's what Jesus is doing here. He is helping them learn the lesson of faith. Someone once said prayer uh, is omnipotent because God is omnipotent. You see, if you're praying according to the will of God, there's nothing that God can't do and won't do for you. And uh, so, Jesus, what a powerful lesson. Jesus finishes this lesson and he walks over to the tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. I'd have loved to have been there. <laughs> you know, you see everybody's jaw. He, he, he struggles to get, he's got these cloths wrapped around him and this napkin on his face, he can't even see where he's going. And he's getting up and he's kind of, you know, kind of look like the mummy on Scooby-Doo probably. Uh, but he, he's walking out there and uh, Jesus says, okay, loose him and let him go, you know, get these things off of him. Uh, I don't know if Martha volunteered somebody else, well, Lord, those, those linen cloths stink, but um, Jesus did an amazing miracle and they would never forget it he gave them a spiritual heritage when you pray in the presence of others and god answers you give them a spiritual heritage Um, learning the life of faith yes we're all learning right none of us are perfect some days our faith is strong some days our faith is weak and We have to go, that's why we need to be in God's Word and be in prayer each day so that God can revitalize us and so forth. That's why we need to be together with God's people because we encourage one another and we build one another up so that we can trust God in the circumstances of life. Uh, We're all on a journey until the day Jesus comes and then we'll trust Him perfectly. In the meantime, though, we learn to trust Him. Listen to him, forget your excuses, remember his promises, act in faith, and pray out loud. And as you do, you'll learn the life of faith, and others around you will learn the life of faith. And Jesus will be glorified, and the power of God will be released in your life. For your family, for your marriage, for this church. Even in your workplace. Listen, God answers prayer. Listen, I, when I was a mechanic, I'd be, sometimes I'd be thinking, I don't have a clue what to do with this thing. And I'd pray about it. I'd go home to lunch. I'd come back, and it's like the answer would come. Listen, there's no sphere of your life that God can't help you in. <laughs> he, is, he is mighty. Anyway, <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> pursue this life of faith in your life. It will bring the blessing of God's presence because you relate to God by faith. Um, Every facet of your spiritual life will be strengthened as you learn to walk by faith. It is truly a key of the Christian life. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, the first step of faith is to put your trust in Jesus for eternal life. Uh, The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's not a one of us who can say, I deserve to go to heaven. Uh, we we have sinned in so many ways, as Scripture tells us, that we can't even keep track of it. Um, but w- the Scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He, he calls us... To confess his name as our Lord. That is to bow the knee in repentance. To make a choice. To turn from our sinner in our own way to follow Christ. Lord Jesus, you're the ruler of my life. Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you. And to receive that gift of eternal life. And the scripture says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And here in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come. And to do just that. To surrender your heart to Jesus. And to receive the gift of eternal life. We'll give you an opportunity here in a moment. Uh, If you're a child of God, you have an opportunity to trust God. Maybe you haven't been trusting God, and you just need to come to this altar and say, Lord, forgive me for not trusting you. Please infuse my heart with faith and and fill me with your spirit so that I can trust you and revitalize me. You know, sometimes you you may not even know how to get from point A to point B, but God knows. (laughs) As you ask him, he can help you. this altar is open. If you need prayer, I'd be happy to pray for you here at the front. Perhaps there's someone who senses that this is where God has led you to join uh, with our church fellowship, and uh, you you sense that in your heart, the only thing to do is to make it official. And so if that's what God's leading you to do, I ask you to do that this morning as He leads. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for speaking into our lives and reminding us of the need to trust You. Lord, Grant us the power through the Holy Spirit to trust you. Uh, you said that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so I pray that you would help us to be in your word and to stoke our faith through that. But Lord, I also pray for the response today. Help us respond to you if, as your spirit has touched hearts today. Uh, and uh, Lord, may it be done to the glory of